the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Did you know the leading cause of death today is coronary heart disease, calcification, and hardening of the arteries that deprive the heart of oxygen and triggers heart attacks or strokes? The importance of taking care of our physical heart has been drilled into all of us, but I want to remind you, it's also important to take care of your spiritual heart. Proverbs 4 and 23 states, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. Keeping your heart means guarding against all attitudes that deprive our spiritual heart of oxygen. Just as our physical heart will fail if its arteries are hardened, our spiritual hearts will fail if we let it get hardened with wrong attitudes. Maintaining a soft heart in a cruel world takes courage. But is this not what the cross was all about? We gave Jesus our worst, but he still gave us his best. So don't let bitter and happy people drag you down to their level. If people are trying to bring you down, it only means you are already living above them. So stay up. For more, go to gracechurchva.org. And as always, live big. But tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the word overflow. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. Welcome to Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer, Senior Pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. Visit gracechurchva.org for this message and to find out more about how you can grow in Christ. We serve a big God, and we believe that His Word calls for us to live big. So our prayer is that this broadcast empowers you to live a life so big that it blesses everyone and everything around you. Let's get into the teaching. The reason I don't fear is because the greater one's in me and with me. It's because I have instruction from the most holy one of Israel. It's because the presence of the Almighty is with me. That's what gives me confidence. So sometimes when I'm facing a crisis and it seems God is far away, that's a scary moment. And, and I, I will immediately start leaning into the Lord to, 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 to make sure, hey, God, listen, I can't win this. I need you. You know, you, it's your strength. It's your power. Uh, you know what? You sent me. Now I'm here because of you. So, Lord, you know, let's, let's have this exchange here. You know, help me, you know, get out of my weakness into your strength. And that's, that's really uh, vital. So don't just condemn yourself when you feel fear. Well, I shouldn't feel fear. Yeah, you shouldn't feel fear. But lean into God until the fear goes away. I know that that's typically... Uh, my strategy. Skip to 1 Samuel seventeen twenty five. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Speaking of Goliath. So, you know, everyone was focused on the size of, 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 of the giant instead of the size of their God. And, and that's what the devil tries to do. He gets, tries to get our mind off of the bigness of God and onto the bigness of our problem. So the issue is not, you know, how big is your challenge, but how big is the God on the inside of you? That's the big question that each of us have have to answer. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches. Uh, He will give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes in 
Israel. Now, back in, in the, the, the time of the kings, you couldn't tax the people more than 10%. And I wish we lived in, in those days. But still, it was a significant amount of money. So we have money, a princess bride, uh, uh, no taxes. Great riches was the money piece, okay? And, and, and I mean, this is huge. It's like, what? what? I mean, that, 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 that's huge. But number one, David was passionate about the king's reward. Everything God offers us is valuable. Nothing is to be taken lightly. Matter of fact, to take it lightly is basically to smack God in the face. It's like, this is God of the universe offering us something. And we're like, I, I don't need it. Who are you? I mean, when it comes to God's blessings, it, it's okay to say, you know what, I'm going to get mine. Uh, he, 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 man, he, he, he suffered too much, too long. They hit him too hard. They nailed him too high for me not to tap into what he died that I might obtain. Then David spoke to the man who stood by him saying, what shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the reproach or the shame, the disgrace from Israel? So we see that David fought with his reward on his mind, which is important. And one of the quickest ways to lose your, your passion, by the way, is, is to, to, to embrace a martyr's mentality. Uh, you know, when, when you become just a victim of woe is me and, and you know what, there's nothing good going to happen to me. Yeah, I do the right thing, but it doesn't ever works for me. You see, in everything God, God requires, he's not trying to take anything from us. He's trying to get something to us. And David understood that about God. And he didn't see himself as a martyr. He recognized that there was a reward that God had for him. And David continues, he says, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Number two, David was passionate about God. In fact, I could even add, it'd be part or, or 2A, if you will, he was passionate about the honor of God. Jesus was the same way. Remember when Jesus turned over the tables in the temple? And the, and he, uh, the, the, the disciples remembered uh, the scripture where it said, the zeal of the Lord has consumed me. Jesus was passionate about the reputation of God. And the fact that the Gentiles, when they came into the temple to try to worship or get near the God of Israel, they had all these merchants and they couldn't even uh, really uh, be attentive to, to the things of God in that area. So Jesus got upset about it. It was, it was dishonoring to the Father. And likewise, uh, when Jesus teaches us how to pray, the first thing he says, you know, we pray, our God, which is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed means respected, sanctified. And God wanted, I'm sorry, Jesus wanted God's name to have respect and to be honored. And, and frankly, that's one of my passions as well, and probably one of yours. I want the name of the Lord to be honored in the earth. I, I, I don't like the dishonor that's attributed to his house, his people, or his name. So David was passionate about God and a passion about God's honor. And this is uh, one of the points that caused him to be successful in this, this battle. For he who is, uh, sorry, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the what? Living God. The giant in front of you is never greater than the God that lives on the inside of you. Now, it's easier said than lived out, but it's a truth and we got to believe it. David lived this thing out. Now, a lot of people will conceptualize these things, sing about these things, say these things, but few people will step into the battle like David to prove these things in their lives. And this is what I want each of you to do. Let's skip to verse 31. Now, when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul. Number three, passion makes people talk. 
passion makes people talk. I like what John Wesley said. He said, light yourself on fire with passion and people will come just to watch you burn. And that's, that's true. And John Wesley's ministry impacted uh, uh, England and, and the United States uh, because of, 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 of him understanding this. And he, speaking of King Saul, sent for, 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 for David. So the world makes room for passionate people. The world makes room for passionate people. The world makes room for passionate people. And many of the greatest people on the planet were passionate about their ideas, passionate about their commitments, and, and the world remembers them because it wasn't typically just an idea. There was a passion behind the idea. Verse 32, then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Basically, he's like, I got this. When you have a genuine relationship with God, you look at things differently. You look at enemies differently. You look at giants differently. You look at circumstances differently. As far as David was concerned, it wasn't about his age or his personal size as much as his God. And sometimes we look at certain things, just like even this COVID crisis, we just look at it through the eyes of uh, the doctors and, and what some of the politicians are saying. Uh, but David wasn't looking at it just with natural eyes. He looked at it in the eyes of the spirit. And he was like, listen, this guy's an uns- circumcised uh, Philistine. He doesn't have a covenant with the almighty God. How could he defy the armies of the living God? And uh, he, he got upset about it. And uh, he was like, you know what? I've I, I heard from the Lord. And he, the Bible doesn't say that, but, but you know, he's acting uh, out of uh, the presence of God in his life. And uh, he was like, you know what? It's not going to go down like that because this is not about the size of the man that takes David on, but again, the size of the, the man's God that would take Goliath on. So just keep that in mind as we go through the crisis. Uh, you know, please don't tempt the Lord. Don't do silly things and, 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 you know, operate with due diligence. But ultimately, greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. There is a, a germ killer on the inside of me. There is a, a, a virus killer that, that loves me. And, uh, you know, just like, you know, he slayed uh, Goliath, he can also slay COVID. Again, don't be presumptuous. The Bible says we will tread on serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. The Bible says in the end of Mark that we will take up serpents. And we have whole churches that actually play with snakes. It's crazy. They play with snakes to prove their faith. Please do not become one of those people. Um, love them and everything, but don't become, don't, don't start messing with, 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 with uh, or doing things that make you vulnerable and, and kind of try to, in effect, tempt the Lord. It's like, well, you know, if God's with me, you know, he will protect me. Uh, sometimes that can be presumptuous and we need to lead by example. We need to be good citizens. You, you know all this. We, we've talked about it before. So uh, let's uh, operate with due diligence, but at the same time, let's not be afraid of the giant called COVID. And when I turn on my TV, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And what we want to do is allow God to, to shrink that. And uh, we, we're going to do that as we trust him. It says, and King Saul sent for David. Why? This boy was speaking such big words. And um, again, the, the world makes room for passionate people. And David's response when he came to the king, he didn't back up and say, oops, you know what? I was talking junk, but now that, you know, I have a larger audience, I'm going to shrink. No, he said, king, this, this, this is almost amazing what he does. It's, 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 it's almost brash. Uh, you, you could even say, 
you could even think it to be arrogant. Sometimes the anointing of God can come across that way. So he's speaking to the king. This is David speaking to the king of Israel, saying, let no man's heart fail because of him. So he was also speaking to the king, meaning, again, the king's heart was failing. And here he's saying, this is, this is a guy that, that, that hasn't proven himself in battle yet uh, to the king. He said, your servant will go and fight with the Philistine. Number four, real passion takes risks. Real passion takes risk. When, when, when God's moving in, in your direction, the biggest risk you could take is to do nothing. I mean, if God is, is moving you to, to, to do something and you say no, that's a bigger risk than the risks you're scared to take if God is ultimately telling you to do it. And Saul said to David, he kind of mocked him. He's like, come on, man. You're not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. But here's what I've learned. When someone tells me I can't, often just rise up on the inside. It's like, I, I just heard you prophesy that I can. And, and the fact often that I, I, I cannot is, 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 is often the reason God chose me. I, I know, you know, you may be one of those people that he cho- you, God chose because you're just able and you got it all together. I'm not that guy. God, God chose me because I can't. And because I can't, he gets all the glory. Because I can't, I'm going to keep pointing to him. And the day I think I can, he's going to probably stop using me. So I want to be careful. Yes, I do have certain gifts and talents. And, and, and being humble is, is, as C.S. Lewis says, is, is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Uh, so I do have certain strengths, but I can't do what God's called me to do in my own strength, even though I have certain strengths. It takes, God got to add to me a whole lot to get done what he needs to get done uh, through me, in me, and with my life. Verse 34. But David said to Saul, your servant, and by the way, you see the humility, even though it might have came off as a little brash, you see his humility. He keeps calling himself the king's servant. Your servant used to keep his father's sheep, and when a lion or bear came and took the lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by the, the beard and struck it and killed it. Yes, Mr. King, I have an attitude. But also, Mr. King, most importantly, I have a record. Now, a lot of folks with attitudes, they ain't never done nothing, never accomplished nothing, and, and that's a problem. But, but David had real and literal experiences with his God. I know as a pastor, people always try to tell me what I ought to do. I mean, they, they, haven't, they haven't started nothing. They haven't led anything, but they got all these opinions. Uh, the folks I want to hear from, now listen, please don't misunderstand. Everyone has value in the rest, but I'm talking about the smart Alex out there, okay? The folks that I really want to hear from are folks that have been successful doing what God has told them to do in their their, their lives, and in context uh, similar to my own. Number five, David allowed the victories from his past to inform his future, meaning David operated with informed passion, informed passion. You see, passion without godly direction can be deadly. 
Passion without wisdom will get you killed. The Bible talks about zeal without knowledge. Uh, it's a dangerous thing, and when you operate in it, you can become very, very destructive. But rightly directed passion is like an, an, an arrow headed for the bullseye. So when God takes hold of your passion, see, passion in itself is not bad. Passion without God often leads to bad things. That's why we have to be slow to be angry. Um, that's why, you know, we can't just be passion going somewhere to happen. Uh, we have names for that type of thing. Um, we, we, we have to direct our passion and, and it has to be guided by, by, by God. And passion, back to what I was trying to say, passion in itself is not bad. It's the misdirection of passion that causes problems. So God does not want dispassionate people walking around like computers and we don't feel it. No, that's not what he wants. He just wants to direct our passion. And as I've said before, it's not the existence of Jesus that causes our salvation. It's the passion of the Christ that brought about our salvation. So Christ was not dispassionate about us. Uh, matter of fact, when he, when he prayed at Gethsemane, he sweat droplets of blood. It was intense. Um, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was incredible, but it was incredible passion that drove him through that moment and to fulfill the will of the Father. So Jesus was an incredibly passionate person. And his, I guess the, the, the only difference between sometimes him and us is his passion was always rightly directed. And sometimes we can misdirect our passions and, and you know, what, what should be a love for somebody can ter- quickly turn into anger against somebody. And sometimes it's, it's ill-advised and uh, you, we just kind of feel that way, but it's not rightly directed. So w- with that said, passion is important. So don't try to, you know, squelch passion in your children. Don't try to squelch, squelch passion in your mate or, or folks you love, even people in your church or, or friends. What you want to do is, is try to direct it properly. And I, I've watched people allow their passion, whether it was jealousy. Jealousy is a form of passion. Uh, it's just a misdirected passion. Uh, whether it was anger, uh, misdirected passion. Unforgiveness is often misdirected passion because if you use that same energy to hate the person, to forgive the person, uh, you could release them and let them go. So passion is necessary. It's good uh, if used correctly, but when used wrongly, uh, it becomes a problem. Even with the Apostle Paul, uh, before he became the great apostle, he was zealous for the law. Uh, he was passionate about Judaism, and he killed Christian Christians. So he had his passion misguided. However, when God took hold of Paul, God directed his passion properly. Now that passion that was killing Christian Christians was now willing to suffer for Christ, was willing to be imprisoned for Christ, was willing to be beaten for Christ, was willing to deal with rejection and and obstacles for Christ. So the issue was his passion was just wrongly directed initially. So what we want to do is rightly direct our what? Passions. God created us male and female, and he wants our, our physical passions to be directed toward the opposite sex. And then even with that, he doesn't want it in, in a general category. He eventually wants it to become very, very specific, husband and wife. So passion is not wrong. Often it's just the, 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 the wrong direction that we allow our passion to flow in that causes all the problem uh, in the world. Let's go back. 
Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, things stronger and more agile than a giant. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing, not because I'm great, because I'm the great David, no, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. You see, as long as we remember the battle's not really about you, and this is often what, what I have to keep in mind, it's really not about me, it's about my God. And God has never lost a battle, and he's not going to uh, lose one now. I mean, he's, he's been battling for a long time, dealing with stuff through us for a long time, and he's not going to all of a sudden start, start failing. So I want to get back to passion. I'm going to be uh, wrap up for, for the evening. Passion, I think I can liken to a bullet. Uh, if, it, if it's aimed properly, it creates success, safety, and uh, a gun used wisely can get you food. Uh, you know, you, get you, you could reach animals that you could not physically catch and, 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 and stalk without a bullet or arrow or what have you. But if it's misdirected, it creates heartache and woe. And uh, here, here's the balance, though. I would rather live with an occasional oops than a continual what if. And, you know, there's this tension when it comes to passion. What some people try to do is get rid of all passion. Um, and then they're like, well, you know what? That's the way I'm going to deal with it. That's, that's, that's immature. Uh, the reality is that healthy people are, 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 tend to be passionate people. But sometimes, you know, because we might make a mistake, you know, we don't want to misuse our passion. We, we kind of do nothing. But I, I want to reiterate, as I said earlier, when God's moving you in a direction not to obey is, is more risky than the thing that you're trying to protect yourself from. I, I'd rather live with an occasional oops than continual what ifs. I mean, to live in regret. What if I would have done what God said? What if I would have followed what the Lord put in my heart? You don't want to live with that. I, I'd rather make a mistake every now and then. But when you make a mistake, you know, own it. You know, say, I'm sorry, forgive it, try to clean it up and, 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 and fix what, what, what you messed up, make it right. And then, you know, when, that's one side of it. But when you do, you know, use your passion right and you hit it on the head, just stay humble. And, uh, the, the, you know, this passion is, 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 is man, I, I watch, you know, Hitler's Germany, misdirected passion. Um, some church services, misdirected passion. Uh, some political uh, 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 speeches, misdirected passion. And, and w- w- what we want is God to direct our passion. We want God to be behind what we're doing. Ultimately, we want his honor, his glory to be our aim. David was a passionate man. That's where all the songs, the Psalms came from. Uh, God moved on his heart and there was a passion in his singing. Uh, he was a great warrior and you can't, you know, be a great warrior without being a passionate person. Uh, David was a passionate man, and God used his passion. But we also see how the devil stepped up, stepped in and messed up his life because of his passion. Anybody remember Bathsheba? Yeah. So he's a passionate man. And don't try not to be passionate when you're a passionate person. Be passionate, but just let God direct it and guide it. And please know that if that passion gets misdirected, man, it could become very, very dangerous. So I, I know that I'm naturally a passionate person, tense, it's just me. I'm very intense. It's who I am. So it's vital I get it right. So I'm meticulous about getting stuff right so that all this energy doesn't go into the wrong thing. And I hope we can learn from David 
that passion is good. Passion is what uh, uh, compelled him to face the lion. Yeah, a, a passion for, for God's name, a passion, a passionate love for God, a uh, 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 passion in his heart drove him to face Goliath. And if used properly, your passion can become a, a great instrument that God could use to get his done, his will done in the earth. So here's the question. Uh, what are you passionate about? And uh, think about those things. And uh, should you be passionate about those things? I have had passionate uh, commitments to things that hurt me. And it was hard to break them because I was passionate about it. Uh, but then I had to choose. Well, the Lord's like, well, you're going to be more passionate for what I want or what you want. Sometimes you just have to make that choice. So what are you passionate about in life? What hill would you die on in your life? Uh, make that determination. And uh, if God's in it, go after it. This is the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. We pray that you are inspired to think big, do big, and live big. Our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you. We invite you to meet us online for vibrant worship and strong Bible teaching each Sunday and Wednesday on social media or gracechurchva.org. You can also tune in to the Live Big Broadcast on television. So check your local TV listings or visit gracechurchva.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have. But until next time, remember, you have what it takes in Christ to live big. It is said that pride is your greatest enemy and humility your greatest friend. Pride can be defined as the excessive belief in your ability that interferes with the recognition of the ability of God. Proverbs sixteen eighteen says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. The reason pride is a problem is because God tends to ask us to do things bigger than ourselves that always require his help. So if you can always do it by yourself and never feel overwhelmed, my guess is that you really have never really tried to accomplish much for God. The reason a proud person never risks is because of what people might think if he or she fails. But the humble person never stops trying because too much is at stake for them to only do nothing. So if you're in over your head, it just means you're trying to go somewhere that only God can help you get to. I'd rather look back at my life saying, I can't believe I did that instead of if I'd only tried. For more, go to gracechurchva.org. That's gracechurchva.org. And as always, live big.